overhead, put it on real tight. Hope you brought your best tonight. They say they got the fireworks, yeah, they say they got the show. You're around the shoot, you're the best, so let's go. This is Texas Toast. I'm your host, Miss Helen. Kick back and enjoy as we toast the best from Texas. We'll get started. This is Texas Toast. Of course, I'm Miss Helen, and I was so looking forward to our guests that we're welcoming today. Hello, Mr. Zach Neal. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Of course, we met just a few weeks ago in person. It was nice at the Texas Country Music Awards and, and visited and just bonded immediately. And uh, ironically enough, when, when I met you and then realized your name, it's like I had been hearing your music on the radio in Houston already on my Texas station that I listened to in Houston. And they play you a lot. We'll get into the music a little bit. So you are just so country. Your music has just got its own musicality and branding. It's exciting. I'm excited because your voice is amazing. So, but let's go back to your humble beginnings. You're actually from Canada. Yes, to which everybody just said, wow, <laughs> he took a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> but yes, I am. Uh, I, I was born and raised in Canada. Uh, I grew up on a farm there. And, uh, but I actually, uh, I'm the youngest of four kids. And my, my brother, he lived uh, uh, just outside of Austin for a long, for, for many years. And mm-hmm. so uh, on, as a kid, we used to come to Texas and, and see them, see the family. And uh, once I got to be a teenager, we'd come down and visit and, and, I started to kind of really get exposed to Texas music, you know, early on in my teenage years coming to see him. So when did, I mean, did, when did you pick up music? Were you one of those that was little that went around singing all the time or did you get a special guitar or, or how did this whole music thing kind of come into play when you were younger? So my parents had all of, uh, I've got two older brothers and a sister and they had us all taking piano lessons. Uh, I think I started taking piano around six years old um, and, uh, I had the sweetest lady for a piano teacher. I think I was hopeless. <laughs> um, uh, she, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I never really liked it that much. And, um, I really don't know why, you know, my, my sister's a great piano player and, and, but, uh, but I just never really took to it. And, uh, I begged my parents for, for a guitar. I just begged them for a guitar. And I really don't even know why back then I don't, I, you know, I just thought, Oh, it'd be great to learn to play guitar. And uh, finally, they, they broke down. Uh, and one one year at Christmas, they got me a guitar and said, if I would take guitar lessons, I could quit the piano lessons. That was good parenting right there. Uh, I, have, I have awesome parents. I like course. that compromise. That's awesome. Yeah, I have the best parents in the world. And so I did see where I read somewhere. So you you were active in sports when you grew up, specifically hockey, rugby and soccer. Well, of course, growing up in Canada, hockey is, you know, I mean, it's uh, that if you're if you're a kid in Canada, that's what you do. And so, uh, yeah, I loved hockey. I wasn't any good at it, <laughs> but I loved it. And uh, and then, yeah. And then I played uh, I played rugby because my high school, um, they couldn't afford a football program. Um, they, it was just too expensive. They could, they, you know, they couldn't provide what we needed to do football. And so they said, OK, well, let's take all the pads away from the kids and just, you know, give them a mouth guard and. <laughs> and and so they had rugby instead. That's otherwise I would have played football, but it yeah. wasn't an option. Well, here's the funny thing is I've been exposed to rugby. We have a very, very dear friend, very close friend. And uh, he played rugby. He actually played rugby at A&M. 
And so, and they are a tight group. Like these guys are like, have been lifelong friends and all these rugby guys come and fish with us. Uh, I loved it. it. It was such a fun I mean, it's such a fun sport, you know, and, and it's crazy when you grow up, not really watching it, it it's confusing, you know, you know, but once you, once I started to get to play it and, and you get in and start learning the game, it's, it's really a lot of fun. It really yeah. is. And I, and, and honestly, I would probably, there, there's actually a, a, a several rugby kind of grow, you know, grown up rugby clubs or teams in the area. And I'd probably play it except for if something happens to my fingers, that kind of, yeah. <laughs> That causes a, a problems for me. Yeah, you need to be careful with that. Those guys still do that. And some of them are like older than me. And and they have, they're starting to get their injuries. So yeah, but be careful with that because we got to have you playing that guitar. And so looking back to what was the transition from when you were in Canada and all of a sudden you go to Nashville? How in the world did that happen? Yeah, so uh, I had abandoned high school. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were just a bunch of friends and, and we loved playing traditional country music. We were playing a ton of Randy Travis songs, uh, and, and for a bunch of teenage guys, that was kind of unusual at that time, you know? And so, uh, but through that, we did a, a battle of the bands competition and, and one of the judges kind of pulled me aside afterwards and said, man, is this something you're wanting to, to, to do? And, and, uh, I was about 16 and I said, oh, sure. Cause at 16, you just kind of go, yeah. And, um, he said, well, let me introduce you to some people that I know. Um, and that's kind of how that started my path to Nashville. And, you know, I graduated high school and I was, I was gone. I, I'd already made some connections in Nashville and I said, okay, I'm going to jump in with both feet. That was my question. So you, so you did have a little support group waiting for you when you got to Nashville at that age. Well, I, yeah, I did. I had, I had, uh, I had, uh, two or three people that it was kind of like I could pick up the phone and, and call and say, Hey, what, what, what do I need to know about this? Or what should I do about this? And they were very helpful, um, uh, to me when I first got here, but just like anything else, you know, you have to, you kind of have to figure it out on your own. And, uh, they were great. They were very helpful, but, but, uh, you know, nobody was going to do the work for me. You know, you had, I still had to get out there and pound the pavement and, and dive in. Yeah. So pounding the pavement, what did that mean? Were you able to get into a studio right away? Did you play different places or did you like co-mingle and, and start networking with other songwriters? That, that was my goal. It was, it was, you know, musicians and songwriters. That was kind of my two priorities. It's like, okay, I want to play, I want to play shows. So I needed to get to get a band together. I need to meet guys that want to, you know, be a part of that. And so, uh, I was hanging out in clubs, you know, seven nights a week, uh, meeting musicians and, and listening and, and, uh, and then, and then on the nights I wasn't doing that, I was going to songwriter rounds and starting to try and, you know, find a way to connect with those with, with, with the writing side of, of, uh, of the music community as well. And so, yeah, I was, I mean, every night I was out somewhere, you know, either a writer's night or a, a club listening to a band, uh, trying, trying to meet people and, and just networking. Yes. So how long did it take you during that process to finally sit down, write a song and get in the studio and record it? Oh, uh, you know, well, it, it, sometimes it's quicker than others. You know, sometimes songs come quick and sometimes they <laughs> they take forever, you know. Uh, but I was able to get in and we did uh, I did a project. Uh, I didn't have any money, so it was a pretty cheap 
low end, but you know, pretty cheap budget kind of thing. And, and, uh, and so I ended up doing that. And I think I've got about four copies left. I think that's the only copies that are available. And I think that's how I'm going to keep it because <laughs> it was, uh, it was not my best work probably, you know, it, the, you know, you get what you pay for, so to speak. Um, but then, you know, once I got to learn and got to meet people, then it was a lot easier. You know, there's so many studios in Nashville. I mean, there's so many studios, so many musicians that, you know, it really, it really starts to get a little easier to get in and, you know, kind of get, get, uh, get some songs cut. Okay. So there's the trip to Nashville. And now, so I know you have, like you said, your family ties in Texas, you have family ties in the Houston area. So do eventually the roads led you to Texas? So, yeah. So it really, um, you know, I, you know, like you said earlier, I, you know, I, my music falls more on the traditional side of the country music uh, world. And really what I was, you know, was, was finding was that, um, Nashville, uh, and, and I love Nashville. I'm not a, I'm not a Nashville, you know, uh, I mean, hater. Nashville does. yeah, I'm not, well, I'm not a <laughs> hater at all. I mean, there's so many talented people. I've got so many friends in Nashville, but it was, you know, the kind of country music that I love and, and that I make just really was really at odds with what was coming out of Nashville. Right. And, and, um, and so I said, you know, this, I'm going around the country playing, I'm going, I'm going, you know, playing in Texas, playing all over mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. love it. But Nashville's got this strange kind of thing about traditional country music. They they seem to kind of there's a lot of pushback against it in a lot of cases, for, you know. And and um, and so anyway, I just said, you know what? I what I do is really not fitting in with what's going on in Nashville. I maybe need to think about going somewhere, maybe where the kind of stuff I do. There's there's more of a the business side of things are more open to it. Because mm-hmm. audi- the audiences are completely open to it, you know. There's, oh yes, there's huge. There's country music fans all over, so it's it's more the business side of things that uh, was giving me that pushback. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of your music and and how traditional it sounds in country, one song. will first, we're going to dig into some of your music. The first one I want to talk about, I believe this was your 2019 breakout single, "When She Drinks." When she drinks whiskey, yes, yes, that's it. Oh, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that is you. a good one. I mean, it's just like, and I just, I love the story. And it's just kind of like, you know, just telling it like it is from her side. And then like you're instructing everybody, leave her alone. But anyway, let's talk about that song, how it came about. Yeah, so I uh, I wrote that with a guy, uh, my co-writer on that was a guy named Dan Hudson. He's from Crum, Texas, just outside of uh, Fort Worth. And him and I, we, we write a lot together. We've been friends for a long time. And one day, just uh, like songs sometimes do, I just, that course just kind of popped in my head out of nowhere. And I kind of, so it was kind of had this melody to it. And I had about three or four lines of the, of the course, but it was missing a couple lines. And I was scheduled to write with him the next day. And so I showed up and I said, hey, man, I got this thing. I don't know if it's any good. And I just kind of played it for him. And he goes, yeah, man, I love that. And Within probably 45 minutes, I think it was done. I mean, we had, I mean, I sang him those four lines I had in the course and he finished out the other lines. He just kind of threw them out and it was like, oh, that's, there's the course. And, um, and so really the song happened really fast, which a lot of times those are the ones that are, those tend to be the ones that sometimes are the ones that are the best ones. I know. I hear that from so many singer songwriters that different ones coming about just, just like that. Everything's 
I think was a fast right for you was love this song half bad. Yes. That was another fast one. That one fell out. Um, That one's, that was funny. You know, when you get together to co-write with people uh, you know, I always try to show up with, with with an idea of what I want to write, but but some days you just show up and you're like, I don't, I don't, I've got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So some days, you know, you just show up and go, man, I don't have anything. And so we were sitting there in the room, Jeff and Neil, the other writers on it. And I just started playing a guitar riff, just trying to get something going, generate something. And they both went, man, I love that. And Jeff said, hey, how about she's really good? Me, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not half bad. And Neil just went, yes. And, 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 and it just happened that fast. And I, I mean, an hour, maybe an hour, we were done. Uh, I mean, it, um, and, you know, we showed up with nothing. And that's what ended up happening. But it's a fun song. What it I, is fun. What I love about that song, when we play, when we play a club, we play, you know, any dance halls or any bars. It packs a dance floor. That song packs a dance floor, uh, which which I love. I love. I love that. Yeah, I can see that. The only thing I have to say is like, like when you talk about the part about the Bass Pro Shop versus Demon Marcus, is like, I I am like, anytime I finally leave here at the coast and I call it going inland and getting to go to real stores, I'm going to Academy first or Bass yeah. Pro Shop. Yes. <laughs> Buy yes. more of my stuff there. And then my other dress up clothes I actually buy from our little shops that we have here. But I just, I love that song, Half Bad. It is a fun song. She likes hotels and breakfast in bed. I like to stay in the woods. She's a Neiman Marcus shopper. I'm Bass Pro and Fred. I'm from the hip. She's by the book. She likes Elton. I like Divi. Yeah, different is a part of our game. But when our love starts rolling, we get to going. It's the best that both of us ever had. It's it's just it's a classic opposites attract song, you know, and mm-hmm. I've had so many people come up to me, you know, wives will come up or, or, or husbands or girlfriends and boyfriends. They'll come up and go, oh, that's totally my wife. or That's totally my <laughs> husband. You know, like it's just it's that old. it's it's the classic opposites attract concept. And then ironically enough, this next song I'm going to talk about, it came on the radio one day and this was probably a few weeks before I met you when we had the whole big thing in Fort Worth and it had such a different sound. And I, I looked and I was like, Zach Neal again, but something in the stars. It, that's kind of got a different vibe than some of your stuff. But I love it. It just like, it just kind of takes over. So I didn't write that song. The guys that wrote that were uh, Billy Burnett Jr. And Sean Camp, who are, who are both immensely talented songwriters. And, uh, and what's funny is somehow Jeff Silby that produced, uh, that song, uh, and that's that session we were doing. He goes, man, he goes, I got this song that I want you to hear. I think this would be good for you. And I, I, and I said, okay, sure. And he played it for me. And immediately I, I, 
I listened to it. I loved it because it was so different than anything else I've ever done. It was, it was so different. And I just loved it. I was like, man, we can have a lot of fun with this. And I, I, I said to Jeff, I said, Jeff, I don't care if you and I are the only guys that like this song, we're going to cut that thing. Cause I loved it. So we went in and did it. And what's funny about that, we'd cut three other songs on that session and we spent some time, you know, some time working on those songs. And I, th- we left that song to the very end because I thought, I thought, man, this song is going to, we're, we're really going to have to work on this. This is going to take time. I think we ran through it two times. And the third time, what you hear on the, re- that, that's, that's it. I mean, I think, I think uh, Aubrey that played fiddle on it, I think he had to go back and overdub a couple parts and that was it. I mean, the, the, the musicians just, they killed it. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> Well, and there's something about your voice on that. And I don't know if this is just me, but it's almost got like this. And maybe I'd had too much wine that night. I heard it another, <laughs> another time it came on. But it's like this Frank Sinatra thing kind of too. And then like I try to sing along and I would not dare do it on the podcast. But it's just a fun sing-along song. But it's just a little different. But I love it. Thank you. There's something going on in the stars tonight. Don't know what it is, but it feels so right. Hold me close, hold me tight There's something going on in the stars tonight Well, I went to the water And I looked at the sea Saw something sparkling A little different to me As I held her hand And we walked on the beach The heavens seemed to be within my reach There's something going on in the stars tonight don't know what it is, yeah, but it feels so right. Never seen them shine so bright. There's something going on in the stars tonight. As you progress with your music journey, who's been maybe your most encourager or someone that was just that pivotal point that, or maybe your go-to person when you need a cheerleader, your rock? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I've been fortunate through music. I've gotten to meet so many great people, you know, uh, but definitely uh, Tom Chaney that, that, uh, that, that managed me. Uh, Tom, Tom has been in my corner from day one and has been the kind, you know, he was, he, he's, he's kind of that steady hand on, you know, you know, some, sometimes I'll call him and be like, oh, we got to do this. He's like, just, just, you know. I could see <laughs> like, that. Yeah, I could just, see that. Wisdom. You know, just, wisdom. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, sometimes, you you know, you get in a hurry to, to try and make something happen. And sometimes you just have to kind of have that patience to just, just, just be patient. Let it, let it run its course, you know. And so, yeah, but I, you know, of course, um, I've got so many people. I mean, you know, I've got guys, you know, musicians that have been doing this a long time. You know, like I said, friends of mine that I've known for a long time that helped me when I first got to town, uh, I can still call them up and be like, Hey, you know, I got a question about this. This is somebody who's wanting to do this. Or, you know, is this, what, what do I, what, what do you think about that? You know? Um, and so it's, uh, I'm very grateful to have those people that I can reach out to. And it sounds like you have a very supportive family too. My family's fantastic. You know, my mom and dad, uh, my, my parents are great. Um, I remember when I had the conversation, I still remember sitting in the, their living in the living room at their house and being like, okay, I'm about to tell them that I'm not doing college. I'm going to go be a musician. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and in my head, it, it was just like, I don't know how this is going to go. 
And what's what's what what's amazing to to me is that I said that, and they didn't even bat an eye. And uh, I think it was my my dad who basically said, "Hey, we kind of figured that's what you were." They they, they saw it before I did. You know, mm-hmm. they, they saw that I was not that that's the path I was going to try and go on before I even really had had really settled on it. So, right. Right. Uh, so yeah. So I, I'm very very grateful for the for the support they've given me. Awesome. So what's going on now? Currently, are you writing some new songs? You have some new projects on the way for us? Yes. So, uh, of course, you know, wrote a ton of songs during COVID when we couldn't go anywhere and do anything. And then we we got the studio back. uh, I think it was in uh, August. We got in there and uh, actually uh, I just got the uh, mix sent to me. I haven't even listened to it yet. Uh, I think he sent it to me this morning. So on a couple new songs that we've uh, been working on. So uh, excited. We're trying to get those out probably end of January, something like that. That's where, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. And plus now with the holiday back up and all that congestion, you know, we'll be planning on that January. I'm excited about hearing some new stuff and shows. How are they going? Going great. Uh, I was in Kentucky this last weekend and then, uh, I think starting in, uh, I can't remember the date, but it's in January. We're going to be in Beaumont, uh, and, uh, Silsby in East Texas. We got some dates over there. Uh, we've got, uh, I think we've got some stuff coming up in North Texas, uh, in February and uh, we're going to be all over. We're going to be in Vegas. We're going to be, um, Oh, wow. I think we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be in Texas a lot. I mean, we're in Texas, probably 80% of uh-huh. 80, 80 to 90% of what we got booked. They're all Texas dates so far through April next year. But then we've got, uh, you know, we've got some stuff like Colorado and Wyoming. Yeah. Are you doing Steamboat by any chance? I'm not doing Steamboat. I I, I really was hoping to make that happen um, this year, but that just wasn't in the cards. Uh, so that'll be a, that'll be on the bucket list or on the to-do list, hopefully for next year. Weekend. I know it has been on my bucket list for so many years. And I know Kyle and I were texting the other night, so I don't know, we may try to make something happen, but well, it's been wonderful visiting with you. It was just such a, a great meeting when we met in Fort Worth and make sure you tell Mr. Cheney, I say hello. He's so sweet. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. Great man. Yeah. Well, we'll be keeping up with you and you'll see it's zachnealmusic.com. That's it. Yeah. Z-A-C-H-N-E-I-L, everyone. If you want to look up Zach. And then, of course, your music's available on all the platforms. And um, it's worth downloading if you haven't found Zach Neal. And I'm going to be checking your schedule. Hopefully, I can make a show. <laughs> uh, that, that'd be great, Helen. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us, Zach. Hey, thank you. Well, there you have it. Another great episode of Texas Toast. If you've made it this far, just wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been listening and spreading the word about us. If you'd like to support the show, whether it be through sponsorship or by subscribing on YouTube or by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. Anything and everything helps. We're just getting this thing rolling with no end in sight and have some incredible interviews lined up for all of you. So please help us get the word out. We'll see you next time on Texas Toast. From as she left, I dare to say well, You can go to hell Hell, I'll go to Texas I've had my fill of every place but home Well, take away these city lights Put me on a one-way flight I'm leaving out of here tonight Just consider me Southern draw. My 
My swagger on my sway. Yeah, these old boots, all this cowboy.